Blessed be the name of the Lord. <clears throat> All right, you may be seated. You know, the last couple of nights I've been teaching you some things concerning the Holy Spirit and the gifts from God. And uh, <clears throat> about how Brother Higgin fell over a tape recorder and in the service because he hadn't been prophesying enough. Now the Lord told him if he didn't start prophesying he was going to live seven more years and then he was going to die because he had been called to prophesy because God had sent him into office of the prophet. And Jesus told Brother Hagin, he said, you're responsible now for the office of the prophet because I have called you and you've been anointed by God's power and you have been given the gift of prophecy to prophesy to the body of Christ. But you've been backing away from it because many churches don't appreciate prophecy and neither do they know anything about it to speak of and neither do they trust it because they've had so many flakes to prophesy. But I always remember it doesn't make a difference how many flakes you've heard, they've always, you've always got a reel. I don't care how many phonies you see, always remember that Jesus is real. I can't help it how many phony preachers you ever see, Jesus is real. And the Bible is real, my brother and sister. And just recently I told you about how Brother Hagin's heart began to hurt after quite a number of years, after 15 years of being warned by God, after 20 years of being warned by the Lord before about not prophesying enough. And he's even built Rhema and got students now, got workers for God and on every continent of the world that's come out of Rhema Bible Training Center in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And then how the Lord, had his heart began to hurt here a while back, a few months ago. And he'd wake him up at night time. It hurt at night. He'd sit there and weep. His heart hurting. And after so many days of that, the Lord showed him, again, you have not been prophesying enough. I left that untold to you the other night whenever I taught that to you and explained that to you, the importance of obeying God and doing what he says. But it was because, again in his life, he hadn't been prophesying enough to suit the Lord. See, when you, when you obey the Word of God and obey the calling on your life, you can live in peace and you can have contentment and you can stay healed and stay healthy and stay strong. But when you get outside of the protection of God's Word and begin to let your own mind run wild and make your own decisions without God, then it's not the ideal if God does it to you or the devil does it to you. God don't do it to you, but what happens to you, you step out of the protection of God and begin to make your own decisions, and it's just an automatic thing. You just automatically, when you step out of the protection of God, you automatically leave the door for the devil just to walk in and do his thing. And I can tell you from experience, when the devil begins to walk in and do his thing, you're not going to have anything except days and weeks and months of trouble and heartaches. 
because the devil does not have anything good for you, and you might as well know that. The devil has nothing in mind for you except the grave. And as early as he can get you there. Because when the day came that you bowed down before, you, you notice you didn't get bugged so much to him when you're living in sin, but when the day came that you bowed down before God and you accepted his son, the Lord Jesus Christ, that day you became an enemy to the devil. And so he tries to talk you out of all of God's word. It's just like if you fail, if you fail in the Bible to search the scriptures and find out for yourself what's in there. If you fail to study the book of Matthew, then of course you don't even know what's in there because you didn't study it. And if you fail to study the book of Luke, then it's for sure that you have no earthly idea what's in there because you didn't study it. And when you don't study it and you don't know what's in there and you don't practice and quote and claim healing verses for your body, you just kind of go to church and do the best you can, you just automatically leave your body exposed to the work of hell. You automatically, even though you're a Christian, go to church and spirit filled. When you're slothful on doing the things that God's told you to do, you automatically leave your body exposed to the devil. You leave it exposed to cancer. You leave it exposed to have bad blood. You leave your kidneys exposed to the devil to attack. You leave the different members of your body exposed to the work of hell, meaning diseases. But if you would feed your body good healing verses, Your body could be so strong and healthy because you feed it good food. I hate to be mean to you, but I can't tell you the truth. If I just get up here and kind of pat you on top of the head and kind of, you know, kind of smooth over your fancy and tell you because you're a good Christian, you've been going to church for 20 years, that you're nice. You're not, you're nice, but you're stupid. <laughs> you might as well know the truth. Your body is there, my brother and sister. God says for you to keep your mind renewed with the Word of God. You have to keep your mind renewed with God's Word all the time. If you want your body to be healthy and strong, you have to allow your mind to thank healing and let God's healing verses go in your brain, through your mind, through your mind, 
through your mind. If you don't allow yourself to quote God's healing verses, if you don't ever quote God's healing verses, your body is not going to enjoy God's divine healing power. I can tell you now because the Holy Ghost won't give it to you. He will not give it to you. The Spirit of God will not heal you. Get that straight. He will not heal you. He's not going to heal you. He will not heal you. He only does what he hears. Unless he hears you, unless he hears you feeding your body the healing verses that's in the Bible, he is not going to release God's healing power. But if he hears you, then he performs that for you. If you'll call Jesus your healer, and then tell God why you're calling your healer, and tell God and the devil and your church and your friends and everybody else why you're healed, because the book of Matthew promises it to me. Well, I'm healed, Lord, because the book of James says, anoint me with oil and pray the prayer of faith for me. And my pastor, Bob Tilton, if you go to this church, or my pastor did that for me last Sunday night, so therefore I am healed. But you have to remind God of what he said. And when Bob ministers that to you, or any your pastor out there ministers that, you have to go home saying, James 5, 14 and 15 is mine. They'll honor me with all in the name of the Lord. So God's healing power is mine. They prayed the prayer of faith, so therefore I'm healed. Jesus, James 5, 14 and 15 is mine. Jesus, I got it. I got it. I got it. I got it. Everybody on earth that fails to say, Jesus, I got it, they miss it. Because they don't have it. They don't have it. All they have is a wondering mind. Oh, I thought I got healed last Sunday night, but I guess I didn't. That's right, honey. You didn't get healed last Sunday night, and they could pour 14 gallon of oil on you <laughs> and pray 97 prayers of faith and lay their hands on you until all of your hair fell out. <laughs> and you still wouldn't get healed. Do you understand that? When you walk out of your church, walk out of your sanctuary, and walk out from the presence of your pastor, you've got to go leave that sanctuary with a verse of scripture on your lips. Do you understand that? And you have to remind God of what he said. It's mine. I got it. Well, I just went up front and, and, and the pastor laid hands on me. How do I know what I got? You got the promises of God. Jesus said, lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. So therefore, the moment hands laid upon you, you're healed. Brother Norval, how do I know I'm healed? I didn't feel like it. <laughs> now see, well, I can tell you why. You talk like that because you don't have any sense. <laughs> you talk like that because you just barely could find the church. <laughs> God said, I've sent the, my word, I've sent the Bible to heal you. You're supposed to be Bible believers. Not man believers. Are you looking for some man to heal you? No. Oh, I've got news for your twisted head. <laughs> men does not heal men. Amen. Jesus heals people. Amen. Glory to God. 
Why don't you shout? Blessed be the name of the Lord. So I told you about Brother Hagin night before last and uh, how God worked him over because he wasn't prophesying enough. But now he's free now. He's over in Honolulu preaching tonight. I'm supposed to be with him. You've knocked me out of a trip to Honolulu because you're so wild. So anybody that's wild enough to want to be blessed, I'm wild enough to bless you, glory to God. <laughs> After how many nights have we been here? 25? Is it 25? 24 nights? 26 nights? Boy, you are a confused bunch. <laughs> now, you've been here so much now, you don't even, you don't even know where you're at. Well, that's all right. Just keep on coming. Well, you have a crowd like this to show up in this church after 24, 25, or 26 nights. <laughs> You've got to be turned on to the Lord, people. Yeah. Dear God, dear God, dear God, dear God. Blessed be the name of Jesus forever. Remember I told you about three weeks ago they'd be outside trying to get in? Well, we... Do you believe that or have you lost your faith totally? <laughs> you say, well, I see some empty seats. Well, well I see them with people in them. Yeah. Are you kidding me? Well, you just watch what I tell you. They'll be outside trying to get in. Where's the seat? Where's the seat? And the ushers will be running around here trying to find chairs to put out like a bunch of chickens with their head cut off. Where can I put this chair? Where can I put this chair? People are everywhere. Ah! Oh, people are everywhere. <laughs> but I guess before that happened, God would have to get us all straightened out. Then last night I told you about how Brother Robert's heart was broken and how prophecy. How Brother Hagin, not before last, how he, when he failed to prophesy, got him in that shape. Remember last night how Brother Roberts, I told you, he was in such sad shape. And then a woman prophesied to him and gave him comfort and built him up. I tell you, my brother and sister, Oral Roberts is a good man. His wife is a good woman. And Richard is a good son. I'm telling you that he is. And they work together. And they love the Lord with all their heart. I told you why I taught you last night. If you wasn't here last night, you ought to get that tape. I told you why the oil hadn't been uh, laying hands on the sick. And somebody told me today that they saw oil the other day on Richard's program he has, you know, in the afternoon. And he sat there on the program and wept. Now, this is just the other day. Sat there on the television program and wept, oil did, and looked at his hands and said, the Lord is going to allow me to lay my hands on the sick again, praise God, and have some more big meetings. But the Lord told him a number of years ago, like 15, 17, 18 years ago, not to lay his hands on the sick anymore. Like in public, you know, I'm sure he probably couldn't private, I don't know about that part. But because 
people were making a star out of him. Well, God only has one star, and his name starts with a J. I said, be the name of the Lord. <laughs> and then the Bible says, well, you're snared by the words of your mouth. See? I'm up here not before last, telling you about Brother Hagin and ministering that to you, so you'd believe in prophecy more. So if God comes along and gives you a prophecy, you'll speak it out. But I told you last night about how prophecy came and gave Brother Roberts comfort when he was in a state of seemed like all of his Pentecostal friends had turned against him. And nearly all the Pentecostal people that was backing him financially quit. They quit when he joined the Methodists. But they've kind of changed their minds now. Since they see now he has a national radio, the Lord told him to join the Methodists and start a television program, a national television program. I have some great things, son, I have in store for you. So he, had a, he started his national, national television program, built Oral Roberts University. Now he built a city of faith. And I guess most of them have changed their mind now. And now then, see, why now God's restoring back to his hands the healing power. He's going to allow him to lay his hands on the sick again and hold some big meetings again. Blessed be God forever. Well, his partner shouldn't have been so squirrely. It stuck with him anyway all the way through that. You ought to trust him. If, he, if God told him to start a television program, you ought to trust him. But Pentecostals tried to make a star out of him, and God won't let you make a star out of somebody. You've got to be kidding. Oral's like me. He likes cornbread and beans. You understand that? Here a while back, I was swimming in a swimming, in a swimming pool. It's wet just like mine. No different, just like mine. My house is the same way. Leslie Hale one time has a church. Remember I told you about God sending me to Ireland? And the devil tried to overthrow all them Pentecostal churches in Ireland. Well, them four or five churches, you know, Leslie Hale was over them. He has... Faith World Church down in Yosemite, Florida. And uh, he came to my house one time, called me on the phone. The Spirit of God was all over him. He said, I have to talk to you, Brother Noble. I got to talk to you. I got to talk to you. I got to talk to you. And I said, well, you just have to come up here and talk to me then. So he came up there and walked in my front door. He'd never been to my house before, I don't think. And uh, he walked in the front door of my house. And when he did, he just walked in like this. He walked in like this and broke and began to weep and weep and weep and weep and he wept and he wept and he wept. And he couldn't even talk to me to begin with and he wept and he wept. He says, Brother Noble, God is in this place. I said, he stays here in every room. <laughs> Glory to God. That's the reason when Zona comes to see me, my, my daughter, she don't want to leave. Because the Lord stays there. Blessed be God forever. And so, the presence of God is everywhere. You invite Him. 
I've had some strong manifestations from the Lord. That's the same house where God's power came in and moved over my daughter's body and wiped those 42 growths off of her and created new skin upon her. That's the same house where the angel appeared by the biggest two men and delivered my daughter off a dope. She liked to draw me nuts. But God sent an angel into her room after I prayed for years and scared all the dope devils out of her. Tell you, God can put meat on an angel and, and when he's about as big as two men and let him walk in your room and sit down beside your bed and just sit there and look at you. <laughs> I guarantee to get you set free from anything. <laughs> he, don't, he don't have to preach no sermons. <laughs> Candy, he don't even sing a song. <laughs> he don't even say any prayers. He just walks in, sits down by your bed and looks at you. And your own dope. And you get so scared, you get so afraid because he's as big as two men, he's sitting there with meat all over him. You get so scared that all the dope devils leave the building and leave your body. Just, I tell you, when you've just been sent down from heaven, your biggest two men, you don't have to preach nothing, just walk in. You separate your head from your shoulders. I never saw a human being as scared as my daughter was that night the angel came into her room. She was so scared she couldn't do anything. She was going, <laughs> well, I welcomed it. I wouldn't care if she went, <laughs> I prayed for three years for her. She made me go, <laughs> for three years. It's about her turn to go, eh, eh, eh. <laughs> I, was, I was walking the floor that day, I was walking the floor that day praying. <laughs> I'd been praying for her for three years, and I was walking the floor that day in my living room, just praying like this, just to and fro, praying and praying and praying, telling the devil, you can't have my daughter, you thief. You can't have my daughter. You can't have my daughter. My daughter will never go to hell. And I'm telling the devil what I meant. I'd been telling him for three years, but he didn't pay attention to me. And I just kept on telling him. I just kept on telling him. I just kept on and on and on. And all of a sudden, the Spirit of God said to me, I'm walking the floor praying. The Spirit of God said to me, go in her room and lay your hands on her bed and pray. I said, oh, okay. So I went in her room and laid my hands on her bed. I said, God, when she lays in this bed, shake her up, Jesus. Let your power come in this room. Oh, God, when she lays in this bed, I cast her over on you. Just do anything you want to to her. Get her, Jesus. Get her. Get her. <laughs> I told her girlfriends, though, one day it had happened. She, you know, I'd see her about every two weeks, you know, and she's been on dope and stuff. And I, I, sometimes she'd come by the house about every two weeks whenever she felt like it and bring... I don't know, three or four of her hot pants girlfriends with her. <laughs> well, that's the, that's the days they wore hot pants. That's what they call them. I don't know how hot they were, but that's what they call them. <laughs> they didn't look too hot to me. <laughs> but that's what they call them anyway. 
And so I remember one day they was out there, and she said, and, and she was back in her bedroom playing rock and roll records, you know, her and one girl, and two or three girls out talking to me in the den, and they just happened to make a statement to me, and they said, you know, Mr. Hayes, you know, standing up with hot pants, chewing, chewing gum, Mr. Hayes. <laughs> I said, oh, brother. <laughs> well, I can already tell this is going to be one of those nights. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I knew it was going to happen because I knew what kind of faith I had. And I knew I wasn't the best prayer warrior in the world, but I knew that I could pray and reach God. I'd go to reach him sometime. And I would have been in my mind, I was going to pray all my life and reach him one. And, uh, and they said, Mr. Hayes, did you know that your daughter, Zona, can really dance? I said, is that right? <laughs> said, oh, yeah. Says, we go to the Playmate Club every Friday and Saturday night. And says, you know, the little girls will be dancing in the cages, you know, and, and, and the band will be playing. But when we walk in, when Zona walks in, they say, here comes Zona. And they begin to play the funky chicken and your daughter. <laughs> and says, and Zona begins to do the funky chicken. That's a new one on me. I remember the jitterbug. I said, funky chicken? What is the funky chicken? They said, Mr. Hayes, that is a dance that the young people does now, funky chicken. In your day, it was the Charleston. I said, no, it wasn't the Charleston, it was the jitterbug. The Charleston was in the 20s. How old do you think I am? said that Charleston was in the Roaring Twenties. And I said, it was a jitterbug with bell-bottom and a zoot suit. Well, it was this when I was growing up. And I said, what's a funky chicken? They said, it's a dance. Oh, I said, well, you know, big deal. I said, I got news for you girls. And they said, you have? And I said, yes, I got big news for you. And Zona too, anybody else that wants to know, they said, what's that? I said, I have already attacked my daughter with my faith. And she's not going to go to hell. And they go. <laughs> I said, when you're on dope, when you say hell, it scares you. <laughs> and I said, she's not going to go to hell because I've already attacked her with my faith. And I guarantee you, one of these days, girls, when Jesus shows up, he'll funky her chicken. <laughs> and after three years of prayer, one day heaven showed up and her chicken got funky. 
and her brain got shut and her teeth got shattered and her body got shook and she was standing there so scared man in my room big 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 Well, you're full of the Holy Ghost and heaven shows up, you don't even wake up. I'm sitting here just as calm as I can be. I'd say, what man? They said, she's a man in my room, daddy, man in my room, big, big, big. Well, no, no, not a man, daddy, not a man, but he was big, big, big. I had a guy and shake her, I said, what are you talking about? She said, I woke up and he was sitting by my bed, he was big as two men, and I, he got up and walked to the wall. And I watched him. She's real nosy anyway. <laughs> she says, I watched him, and I got up, and I ran to the door, and I watched him, and he walked down the hallway, and he got down towards the kitchen, and he just turned left, and just walked through the wall, right out through the air. And I said, glory to God. <laughs> I said, yeah, that's right. And I said, just for the record, so the body of Christ will know what happened. And I knew what happened. I read it, I read it just like that because I'd been praying that afternoon, laid my hands on her bed, and God's power came on me when I had my hands on her bed. I said, just for the record, Zona, come here, let me show you, honey. See, this door right here, locked from the inside. When you came in, you locked it back from the inside, the front door, right? She said, yes, yeah. see, see, it's locked from the inside, latch and all, right? Yep. Okay, let's go down here to the door. Goes out to the pool. I said, now you see this door right here? I said, it's locked from the inside. You see that right there? She said, Daddy, what was that? Who was that? I said, he was your angel. She said, I said, he goes with you everywhere. She said, Daddy, don't say that. I don't want him. He's too big. She scares me. I said, honey, you need to be scared. Your brain should have been shut three years ago. And she said, he scared me, Daddy, he scared me. I said, he goes with you everywhere, every day, and watches you. She said, oh, Daddy, don't say that, don't say that. I said, I'm going to say it, and if you ever get flaky again, I'm going to ask God to let you see him again. She said, no, oh, I won't ever take any more dope. Oh, oh, no, no. You mean he goes everywhere? I said, oh, yeah, it goes with you everywhere. Praise God forever. She said, oh, you mean he watches me all the time? I said, all the time. She said, oh, I'm not going to ever do anything wrong again. I said, you better not. He may get you. And boy, she hadn't taken any dope since. Glory to God forevermore. care how they get delivered. Daddies like me just love to see their children delivered off a of dope. Just makes them so happy they want to dance. Glory to God. <laughs> Think about all the thousands of sharp young people that's in the graves tonight. In Cleveland, Tennessee, we'd had five funerals of my daughter's girlfriends and boyfriends. Five funerals just in a town like Cleveland, Tennessee. Five funerals. 
When you go to five funerals, my brother and sister, uh, of young people, boys and girls, and they die overdosing on drugs, it'll make a believer out of you if you got any sense that the devil hates your children. And he don't mean to turn your children loose. But I'm just ruthless enough to break his power and keep on praying until God comes. When God comes, you'll get victory from anything. I don't care what it is. And if you'll start quoting healing verses of Scripture and get them on the inside of you and do it every day, every day, every day, every day, every day, every day, God's healing power will come to you and that cancer will disappear. Just like the craving for dope. When heaven came, when heaven's blessing came, the craving for dope in my daughter left, went out the window, gone forever. But every verse in the Bible that promises you anything works the same way. Works the same way. God has all kinds of power. And he's free with it. But he has to have scripture in order for it to be released. Every pastor in the world and every human being in the world, you enjoy and you eat and you live and you have your being in the type of gospel that you preach. If you'll take your human mind and make your human mind be quiet, throw it in neutral, and then take your eyes and look down like this and open that old precious black book in your house and look down like this in the precious book of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and you begin to read and let these words go in your eyes, register on your brain, go down into your spirit, and begin to read and begin to read and begin to read. Faith will just automatically show up. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Faith does. And when you get faith in anything in the Bible, God will give it to you. Because when you get faith, you won't ever waver. Faith does not ever waver. Faith does not back out from victory because you have pain. Faith sees nothing except victory from the time the prayer is made until the manifestation comes. Faith does not see the pitfalls of doubt gospel services, flaky friends that talks doubt and unbelief, faith does not see anything except victory. And you don't see faith with these eyes here, you see faith from these eyes down here. When I talk to you with the voice that you hear right now, you see my mouth moving, that voice that's talking to you is not coming from the eyes in my head. It's coming from the foundation that's been built on the inside of me, inside of me, strong, 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 there is no weakness down there in Jesus' name where the Bible is concerned because I already know it's true. I already know it's true. Blessed be God forever. I already know it's true. But you have to watch what you preach. And your own preaching can put you under conviction. You probably didn't pick it up last night, but I got it anyway. I told you about Brother Hagin night before last. 
ministered to you about the gift of prophecy, bringing Brother Oil comfort when he was in bad trouble, when his friends, when many, 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 many thousands of his friends had turned their back on him. Stop supporting him. But God said, son, go on national television. Son, I'll give you some new friends. Your old ones are stingy. Watch me. I'll give you some new friends that will build a university for you. I'll give you some new friends. It's the same thing, my brother and sister, exactly the same thing. I was with oil in, in, in Charlotte, North Carolina, when he announced. I was with oil when he announced the first day. The Lord has told me to build a university. He said, I don't, I don't have any money to build a university. It's the same thing that Bob went through a while ago telling you about the satellites for the world and satellites. A, a man that does something like that, you have to understand, he's the only man in the United States that showed you tonight, I'm sure he's the only man in the United States, probably the only man in the world that showed you tonight the workings of the satellite ministry and how many millions, 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 everybody say millions. Millions of dollars that it costs to get these souls into the kingdom of heaven to show you the inside, inside workings of it and show you where your money is going to show you to get behind it and back it because it's bringing thousands and thousands and thousands of souls into the kingdom of heaven. And so you ought to listen to it. Take heed to it. Don't turn against it. Don't be like all some of all's old-time friends say, Oh, well... You better be nice. I'm telling you, you better be nice to Bob and back him up and help him because always remember this. Uh, God can send Bob to Omaha, Nebraska and get it done if you don't want to do it. Don't, don't get laxed in your giving. Don't get laxed because God's called this church. Word of faith, church. I am warning you, you have got a great responsibility in the face of God. You're the hub of thousands of souls that's coming into the kingdom of God. You ought to be so proud you can't stand it because God's picked you, because God's chosen you to bring a blessing like this to your church. I mean, God must love you an awful lot. You must have wild faith like Bob has. Well, I can see why God, I can see why God picked, uh, picked Bob to do that ministry. Because he has that kind of wild faith. So you might as well let his spirit get in you and get the same kind of vision. If you're going to come to this church, you might as well get the same kind of vision. Because if you, get, if you come in here and get mad and say, oh, well, they take up money and they do this and they do that, I think I want to go to a little small church. Oh, brother. Well, it's all right. I love small churches. I go speak to them sometimes. But I mean, you can't. What do you want to go to a church for that's had 137 people for the last 27 years? <laughs> I went to a church one time about 20 years ago and they had 25 people one night. I went back here a while back to the same church and they had 37 people. Well, thank God for them. 
Thank God for the 12 people. Only took them 20 years to get 12 people. But it's better to get 12 people in 20 years and not get anything. I'm not knocking them, but I'd hate that for them to ask me, do you think that we're lazy? I'd say, I'd rather not answer that. <laughs> one person can win over 12 people in 12 months if you want to. Not a whole church full of people, one. You can win more than 12 souls in a month if you want to. Amy does. This a little girl works in the hospital. She works in the hospital all the time. She gets people in the hospital saved. She wins way over 12 souls a year. Probably over 12 souls a month. A little girl goes to this church. God sends her to rooms to get people saved. I said, Amy, honey, do you witness to everybody who comes out? Oh, yeah. Just a living, breathing, walking witness, that's all. I mean, witness to everybody. Pray and win souls all the time. All the time. She has soul winning on her brain. She has soul winning, taking people to heaven and bringing blessing to people like it's engraved in her spirit, branded like a calf being branded. She's branding with soul winning, getting people to heaven. Would you like to see her? Stand up, Amy. You stand up, Amy. I command you to stand up. There she is. And she's a Kappa Alpha Theta sorority girl from the University of Arizona. Oh, really? Oh, tell me about it. You said that right. And when souls all the time, all the time, all the time, all the time. And so can you if you make up your mind. Remember what the prophecy said last night? I told you about Brother Hagin not before last and Brother Oil last night. The prophecy come down here and told me last night that I wasn't so hot myself. Didn't you hear it? Oh, yeah. What do you mean by that? Well, what God had told me to do, I wasn't doing it enough. I had God one time to tell me I was flaky. <laughs> well, he didn't say the word flaky. I, I used that word. The Lord told me, uh, the Lord said unfaithful. I was in Crystal River, Florida one time, walking across the grounds. And the Lord told me, he said, you have been unfaithful to me in this ministry. You, you, you could have won more souls here on these grounds than you have won if you give, give it some more effort, give it some more of your time. Now, son, I am telling you, fix this place up, make this place look nice, Fix this place up. I have great things in store for this place. And I said, yeah, oh, oh, yes, yes, oh, yeah. But of course I've been unfaithful. I could have won more souls if I'd made up my mind to do it. But it's one of these kind of men. In those days, I fed workers in a little room up in the front of the motel, and I talked to them about winning souls, sent them out two by two from house to house, and would feed them out there, see, and feed them. So that kind of ministry, you know, you know, money goes out, none comes in. Money goes out, none comes in. But I could have done more of it, and the Lord told me to do it. See, he called me to do it. So I just started fixing it up, and now we've got a new sanctuary there. They're sitting there right now, Crystal River. Hi, Crystal River. Glory to God. 
going to leave her alone. I'm going to try to go down in May if I can and hold a meeting. Or the last part of April or May or June or July, who in the world knows when. <laughs> Shirley Boone, Pat Boone's wife, already told me, she says, Oh, well, I want to go to Florida Crystal Burger with you and help you teach one week on the Holy Spirit. Gloria Copeland told me here a while back, she said, I want to go to Crystal River, Florida with you, Norval, and I want to help you teach a healing meeting for a week. I said, glory to God, I asked her to go. She said, yeah, I'll go with you. She's something else. She's good on healing, Gloria is. Real good on healing. Bob was our first speaker in Crystal River, Florida, and it was wonderful, absolutely wonderful, glory. That's a social world, a totally social world. You can't get people to come out of the gospel meeting in Crystal River, Florida. It's full of millionaires and people that drinks and Pentecostal churches there. Most of them fold up, and the ones that don't, they have 35, 40, 50, 60 people maybe, you know. I mean, if you have four or 500 people to go to a meeting in Crystal River, Florida, that's like a landslide. Like a, but God sent me there. God didn't send me to Dallas. He sent Bob. Thank God he sent Bob. <laughs> Bob, is, Bob is wild enough to do it. But the Lord said to me, <laughs> He said, I want you to, he said, son, last night in the prophecy, he said, I told you over two years ago that the church was not worshiping me enough, and that's the reason heaven would not manifest itself anymore in these churches and what he was doing because the Holy Spirit wouldn't do any more work because the people didn't worship me enough. I told you to teach the people how to worship me more, and you haven't taught me as much, taught them like I told you to teach them. Now, I told you to teach them. I told you what to do to pray for the leaders of the country, and you haven't been doing it. And today, I woke, this morning I woke up, you know, and God put me under conviction of that prophecy. What does that mean? Well, he might as well have said, son, you're flaky. Just like he told Brother Hagin, you haven't been prophesying enough. If you don't start prophesying like I told you to do, you're going to die. like he told all, you better obey me, obey me. Even when his heart was broken, he obeyed him, but he brought a prophecy to him and gave him comfort, and God told him that all the people that turned against him was acting like little foxes that would crawl under the table and try to spoil the vine. But God told him not to be led by little foxes that would talk about him with their mouth and, and, and spoil the vine. God says, I've got some big foxes. I've got some people that will stand behind you and you get on national TV, and I've got some people to stand behind you, and you can do the work that I've called you to do, son. And Oral cried, and he wept and cried, glory to God. And when Bob showed you that tonight, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, even satellite churches out there, you better stand behind Bob because he's called to do it. He's just called to do it, that's all. Called to do it! Now, I've been churches, you know I've been speaking on here, I've been speaking on here for like 23, 24, 25 nights, whatever it is, and I have not obeyed the Lord, Amen. like what he called me to do. So I'm going to do the two things tonight, and we're going to start doing it more in the future. Amen. Norval, before you do that, <clears throat> I want to, because you're fixing to have the people start worshiping, yeah. right? Okay, we need to re be sure and enforce tomorrow night. I want to make, tomorrow night is arthritis, rheumatism, <laughs> sore throats. <laughs> And uh, um, any problems with pain? <coughs> be healed in Jesus' name. Be healed in Jesus' name. Glory to God forever. 
Thank you, Lord. A special prayer will be tomorrow night for all those who need it. Um, but a prayer for everyone, but especially. Let me, I, I want to say, I, need, I really need to say this, Norval. Go ahead. In the middle of the night, one night, God visited me and gave me supernatural faith for arthritis. I'll just tell you, oh, I, believe I, you. Gotta, I gotta make this confession. I have not been operating in that anointing like I should. That's right. See that now? One time I didn't pray for backs. I said, oh God, I pray for backs and it's no big deal. Backs get healed. I'm not going to pray for any more backs. And I fell in the bathtub. I said, oh. God, old people fall in bathtubs, not me. All right. Now, 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 let, now, let, me, now let me say this right here. Now wait just a minute. Now listen closely. I okay, fell in the bathtub. You, see, he's, Bob is <coughs> called and been given the ministry to pray for backs like I've been called to pray for new hearts. I'm just telling you, God does these things. And when you tell God that you're not going to do it, hey, I didn't jump off the top of the house. Well, I fell in the, I'm, I mean, within a matter, I mean a half a second. Now, you know, I don't believe God knocked my feet out from under me. Maybe he did. I don't know. But I know I was thinking, I was talking to the Lord in the shower, and I said, I'm not going to pray for any more backs. I said, that's not a big deal praying for backs. Anybody can pray for backs and get back heals. Not anybody can pray for backs and get back heals. I just have great, gigantic, I have gigantic, I'm not bragging, I just do. I have gigantic faith for backs, almost to the place that's dangerous for the people that don't have any faith. You know, because I hit them in the back or jump on their back or do something, you know, and God just gives them grace. People know that when they get in a prayer line for me to pray for their back, they better get their faith up. Either the two things going to happen to them. They're going to be going to the doctor the next day, are they going to get healed? <clears throat> but also, and I, in, in normal, this is, this is really the Spirit of the Lord right here. I have faith for arthritis also. Amen. I have faith for arthritis, bursitis. One time the Lord, one time my, my sister had bursitis in her shoulder. She was 21 years old. God spoke to me and he said, I told you to go pray for her. I went, she was backing out of the driveway in her car. I was visiting her, so I went, she had her arm out the window. I ran up to the car screaming, God told me to pray for your bursitis on the shoulder, and I hit it. She started moving her arm, it's totally gone. Just, you know, just because she was about to miss God. I was about to miss God, and the car was driving out of the driveway, and I ran to the car as it was driving out of the driveway, and just barely got to her arm before she backed around out of, into the street, got healed her instantly. What happened was I had a dream in the middle of the night, and I saw myself praying for people with arthritis. God just dropped, I think that was a gift of faith for arthritis in my heart. It was a special a gifts of healing, gifts plural, an area for a particular anointing. For arthritis, bursitis, rheumatoid arthritis, and especially people that have severe migraine headaches that can't kick them. For some reason, I just have supernatural faith for that. Anyway, in this dream, I saw my hand go on people, and I saw such a power come out of my hand when I said in the name of Jesus that I saw a force come out of my hand in the name of Jesus and come against that arthritis. And I mean like pressure, come against it. I mean just squeeze, make, just squeezing the devil and just press it on that arthritis. In fact, it's happening right now that someone's getting healed of arthritis. You see, it's how close it is. See, it's, it's an anointing. See, just me talking it, it's coming out of the spirit into the earth. See, we release literally the will of God as it is in heaven into the earth. Just me talk, just me right now, just me talking about it, I sense the anointing coming up on me and flowing through that screen. That's how easy it happens. It's an anointing. It's literally a substance. An anointing, a substance, a spiritual substance. <clears throat> and I saw it, and it would turn from, from this crystally stuff to a jello to water, and it would just, just, like you say that normal, it would just run out of their bodies. And that's what tomorrow night, special emphasis and release 
in the area of arthritis. Who has arthritis? Who has arthritis? Who's got a real problem with their shoulder right now? Who's got a real problem with their shoulder? Run up here. This lady right here. Nobody else. Just this lady right here. Which shoulder is it? How long have you had it? What's, you know, have you been to the doctors with it or anything? Yeah. What do the doctors say? That I've got a problem. <laughs> do they know what's causing it or anything? Be healed in Jesus' name. There it is. When she gets up, it'll be gone. I said when she gets up, it'll be gone. Get up. Move your arm around. How's that? Huh? Is it gone? Come on, let's praise God. Now, one more thing. That's tomorrow night. Everybody say tomorrow night. Here and across America. See that anointing? God's chose to hook these dishes up and satellite and pastors together. The anointing will flow out to these pastors and those pastors out there. You'll, it'll same thing. And that anointing on me may never, ever leave you again. That anointing for arthritis and bursitis. We get all of these anointings going. Now, we've got to pray for these real quick, Norville. I didn't pray last night, and God really convicted me. Because all these people from all over America, some of them are satellite folks, some of them are all of our partners across America, different people, thousands and thousands of people. Well, prayer requests for the anointing of these altars to pray yes. for these people who have needs in the prayer uh, well, sheets. I do want you all to stretch your hands down here. These are desperate people that need prayer. God told me to do this. I did it. We're getting them into churches. They're writing their prayer request in. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. God said, in my house, they call the house of prayer. When God begins to hear prayer, all flesh comes unto him. Psalm 65, 2. Father, we lay our hands upon these prayers, those that have cancers, tumors, arthritis, Father. Those right here have problems with their ears. Lord, right here, this, this dear brother, this dear sister, Verdelli Medlin from Sebring, Florida, Lord, and Keith Doyle from Sutherland, Missouri, praying for his Baptist church. Hannah Capsule at Port Charlotte, Florida. South Carolina, Lord, this Mrs. Elaine Bevere. Lord Jesus, you see these people, Brother Norval and I and Don Clowers, lay our hands. Oh, God, you told me to agree with your people as touching whatever they have need of, and it'd be done for them. Let your healing virtue flow, these lost loved ones. Let the Holy Ghost conviction come upon them in the ministry. Angels, we thank you, Lord. They've released their faith by mailing in their requests, Lord, and as they've released their faith, we agree with them that it's done in the name of Jesus. We thank you, Lord. I tell you now, let's just jump up and down on the devil. Tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. Come on, Norman, let's step on them. Come on, please, let's thank God. God's healing, he's delivering, he's setting the captives free. In the name of Jesus, the name of Jesus. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. And Friday night, what's going to happen Friday night? Tell about oh, that, double anointing. Then, then, we'll, then we'll worship the Lord, like you said. All the pastors that you possibly can, make your plan reservations and drive your cars and come in here Friday night for a double anointing night. We'll lay hands on you, all the ministers, evangelists, uh, satellite or not satellite, whoever you're listening in, if you're an evangelist or a pastor, please come in here Friday night. Let us lay our hands on you so your ministry can be more victory. Uh, what, what, what does that mean? That means we'll, we'll, we'll ask God to put a victory spirit in you in Jesus' name. A victory spirit in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. A victory spirit. Thank you, Lord. Faith Clinic, every afternoon, 3 o'clock, 3.05 Friday, 
Yes, change for Faith Clinic's Thursday at three, 3 to 4 on Thursday and 3.05 to 4.05 on Friday. See, we just got to do whatever satellite time is available. What happened for Wednesday? Did we get Wednesday? See, y'all don't know it or not, but we've been having an overcoming situation. Where's Al Bryce? Did we get Wednesday? I need to know. Huh? 2.30. But I'm talking about Wednesday's night time. See, we had a problem with the satellite on Wednesday night. We need to know that. We do know we have it, but we don't know what channel. So they just got to get up there on that same satellite and find us on the channel. We do have it. Okay. Tomorrow night we will be on. Glory to God. In Jesus' name. Okay. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. It's just one of those things. When God puts you under conviction of something, you just have to obey him. See, I preach about one thing, brother, tell you about Brother Hagin and Brother Oil, and then God comes along with a prophecy last night and tells me about myself. Tells me I'm not so hot myself. I forget things myself. What does that mean? Well, because I hadn't been teaching enough, I hadn't been teaching you enough to worship him and praise him. Sometimes, sometimes God will put you under conviction. You haven't been teaching him enough to give. Why don't you teach them to give so they can get blessed like you've been blessed? Teach them to give. So right now, first things first. In Jesus' name, uh, God says, hold up your hands and worship me, and I'll begin to heal you and set you free. All over North America, hold up your hands and begin to worship him. We've been too laxed in that. We've been too laxed in that. We've been too laxed in that. Satellite pastors and turn the service over to you. Conduct your services the way you want to. If you want to follow us, get your people to worship in the Lord right now. Get your people to worship in the Lord right now. Get your people to worship in God right now. If you want to follow us. If you don't, conduct your